the Developing Strategy podcast. This week we thought we'd do a quick bonus episode where we roleplay a case study to illustrate first how you can structure a discussion about the six question framework that we introduced in episode one and second that you can actually use the six questions to have a kind of shorter discussion about the business um, which might be on the time scale of hours rather than months. So we've both picked a company that dad is a customer of, um, Gusto, uh, as our case study. Now Gusto, for those who don't know, offers home delivered fresh meal kits. So you subscribe to the service and then every week you're delivered a box of all the fresh ingredients and the recipes you need to cook three to four meals. Um, we thought it was quite an interesting example given the current climate and the fact that dad's a big fan. And we we just wanted to clarify as well that we're, we're more or less making up this scenario. So please don't take what we say for gospel truth about the um, fresh meal kit market. So let's get into it. I'm going to assume the role of the Gusto's uh, CEO and dad's going to be my sort of my strategy gremlin who's just going <laughs> to guide me through the process. Um, so right, dad, if you've got nothing to add, um, let's just start. Where, where do we start? Okay, so, you know, the first of my six questions is um, what is the external environment? Okay. And what I'd like to know first, actually, before we get into discussing any one part of it, do you see different parts of your market or your mm. industry that you could briefly outline? Yeah, I think there are loads of ways to segment it, obviously, and we'll talk about this in the podcast, but, um, you know, there are sort of three segments as, okay. as I see it or we see it. So um, we segment, I guess, by the what so what the product actually is. So I think in the market, you've got your fresh produce delivery, which is kind of unstructured, and that's just vegetables or meat that are delivered every week with mm-hmm. no recipe attached. Mm-hmm. There are some interesting examples within that. So you've got like an odd box, which will do like waste vegetables that would have gone to waste. They deliver them to you. Um, but we're going to consider that to be one segment. Mm-hmm. And then separate to that, there are two other segments that both fall under meal kits. So we've got the sort of mass meal kit market even though it's a pretty new market and still pretty Mm -hmm. small Um, and then we've also got the premium meal kit segment so that's like more yeah obviously higher price products um, but you get a slightly differentiated offering so um, things like mindful chef um, which would be more geared towards people with who are vegetarian or vegan um, and kind of more lifestyle based so we very much play in the mass market um, and a little bit in premium but it's the same customer base, so you basically have an option when you select your meals for the week to choose a standard meal or a meal which is premium for an extra £2. So we do, in theory, play in that space, but but just not to the same extent. Um, is that helpful? Well, so point? as I understand it, so you're saying there's three what we're going to call segments mm-hmm. of the market, and you you play in two of those, which one is the mass market sort of packaged meals. Yep ready to cook meals and then the other is the more premium end and the way you play in it which is more about you actually than about the market mm-hmm. is that you have an option as a customer of paying more to get a more premium product but presumably there's am i right in thinking there'd be other competitors who maybe just right. in premium or yeah so just like, in the mass market so we consider mindful chef to be just in premium for yeah. instance yeah and and implicitly you're saying look there's a kind of you're not differentiating by customer group to say Hmm. You know, rich people, poor people. There might be some correlation there, but nobody's that poor if they buy these things, I don't think. Yeah. And you're not sort of geographically segmenting. But there, there, so there'd right. be other ways you could divide the market. But you're saying, look, to you, there's just fundamentally three different kinds yeah. of product. Okay, good. Um, so let's talk about those. Let's just pick two of those segments because those are the ones you're particularly interested in, which is the the uh, more mass market 
um, ready-to-cook meal and the premium ready-to-cook mm. meal. Can you kind of contrast them in terms of the size, the growth rate, and what you might think of as the average profitability within each of those two segments? Sure. Um, well, obviously, the premium segment's a lot smaller. Just, right. I think, yeah, just a trendy tier across industries. But that that's a pretty small segment. But mm-hmm. both are actually growing really, really fast. Mm-hmm. So home delivery is... That, that home-delivered meal kits market is just growing mm. super fast. And obviously with the COVID-19 crisis, you expect that number yeah. to continue going up. Um, They've had to close but, off to new new customers, haven't they? So maybe yeah. a bit flat after. Well, that's and true, that's true. Hopefully yeah. for them, if they'll take off again, yeah. So size is a bit, a bit um, unbalanced, but growth really strong in both. And then profitability, our feeling is that the premium segment do make higher margins just mm-hmm. because... The, the the food they're offering doesn't seem to be that different, but they're mm. able to charge this quite significant price premium um, through things like just having a bit of a brand and and having, I guess, a, a clearer sort of customer value mm-hmm. um, proposition. Okay. Uh, are there any sort of major factors that are driving this? We use like political, economic, social, technological, legal, environmental. I guess one almost technologies mm. there's a lot of delivery available now home delivery at reasonable right. cost isn't there I'm not quite sure that's a technology trend but uh, no, a lot, well, of, lot of trucks driving around no but I mean the, the I guess the logistics of sourcing all that produce mm-hmm. fresh every week and storing it refrigerating it and then that last mile delivery the logistics involved in that are actually really complex so okay. we employ a lot of you know, computer scientists to, okay. to manage that. Quite a lot of technology. So, in yeah. Because yeah, I guess if you're missing one clove of garlic, you can't really send the meal out to the customer without right. a massive apology. And mm-hmm. I think there's there's probably a social element as well that people are looking for a bit more um, vibrancy in the meals they cook. Right. And they, they want to be given stuff to cook. So there's Exciting some trends meals. there driving yeah. this business. And, and, you know, as we think forward, we could think what those trends, how they might evolve. Okay. So now let's, let's move to the second question, which is what is the internal situation? Um, can you tell me first of all about your organization? Is it just a regular kind of profit seeking organization or is it some kind of charity with unusual goals that I should think about? Um, not particularly. I think, I think at, at this point, our goal is just generating returns for okay. the shareholders. Generating yeah. returns for shareholders. So we won't, won't probe further there. Um, Tell me a little bit about your customer value proposition um, compared to competitors. What what do customers look for and how well are you delivering relative to your competition? Mm. We think the key things that customer va- customers value are choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the okay. range of recipes that we offer. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, and, and within that, it's probably just an element of something a bit different, something exciting. Obviously, the quality um, of ingredients, it's mm-hmm. got to taste good. Um, price of but then yeah service. I mean I mean ultimately that's probably the biggest factor okay. is price people want to at least feel like they're getting good value so price so maybe range not, and quality yeah so maybe not price per se but value for money value for money is yeah. really key because I guess yeah they're they're comparing this as well again to as going to the supermarket as well as other competitors yeah, yeah so how well does that value proposition hold up versus say just going to a supermarket or um, other competitors in the market other than Gusto. Let's let's pick the mass market segment first. Sure. The premium. I think within the mass market segment, we're probably priced <clears throat> a bit above the average. Okay. Um, but having said that, I think that there's a real strong quality versus what you might get with HelloFresh. 
Um, so it does feel like a bit, they're just a bit more exciting. But compared to supermarkets, you're definitely paying a premium for okay. the convenience of getting it delivered to your house and, and, right. and so on and, and so forth. Cool. Packaged up, there's no wastage, you yeah. get the recipe. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, and in the premium segment, what would you describe as your position against premium players? Mm. You're, you're, you're charging a bit more for, for more fancy meals. Yeah, you? and I think probably within the premium segment, it's fair to say that that customers are looking for something a bit more tailored to them. So okay. you might be looking, it's more about lifestyle. Does it have a, is it is it made for people who are really into their fitness or is it people with certain dietary requirements? And perhaps we're a bit, we're quite general in right. our in our appeal. So okay. because of being geared towards the mass market, we haven't really got... Not distinctive. Yeah. And not yeah. really appealing to any one particular group who'd be prepared to identify with you, pay a premium. I think that's true. Okay, so building on that, how does your overall um, competitive advantage look? Uh, not just your customer value proposition. So, you know, for example, what is your cost position mm. versus premium and mass market players? It's hard to say because we don't have the exact data on our competitors. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're able to offer a, a very good value for money, which probably implies mm-hmm. that we're, we've got some reasonable logistics and we're able to keep costs down. Is there a competitor out there who thinks the benchmark who you're you're aspiring to be? I mean, we know that HelloFresh have been in the market for ages and and have invested a lot in in their supply chain logistics. So you may be number two to them, is that what you're saying? Perhaps we're number two to them, yeah. Number two in the mass market? Yeah. Are they in the premium or just in the mass? No, they're in the mass market. Okay. They're in the mass market. So you've got a little bit of a toe in the premium, but you're a bit weak there. Mm. Uh, And you're number two, so you're not bad, but you're not number one in the... the Mass, more mass market. That's probably fair to say, yeah. yeah okay. And I think building on that just very quickly, there's probably things that lie behind the customer value proposition. Mm-hmm. So I think our team of um, recipe makers and our food team themselves are really strong yeah, and probably the best in the market. And that enables us to have flexibility and also just design recipes that are a bit smarter cost-wise. Okay, because I was going to ask you about that probe a little bit further on what are the sources of advantage. And so what I hear you saying is there's the, you know, what the customer sees, which yeah. is a wide range, which perhaps comes a bit with scale. Reasonable value for money, that might be some scale as well, I don't know. Um, and uh, what was the other thing? Range, oh, quality of food. Yeah. yeah. But then there's also the capabilities that drive that. And you're saying it's the recipe team. Is that right? Yeah, I, th- I think that's right. What about right. the logistics side? Is that a differentiator between companies? I think it probably is, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, we definitely see the impact of reducing wastage um, okay. and being able to buy through the same suppliers so you can you can sort of drive the cost down a bit. HelloFresh are ahead on But HelloFresh are probably a bit ahead on that, yeah. Okay, so there's some capabilities around the, the, the recipes and around the logistics. These would be key capabilities which would drive, drive your customer value proposition. Yeah. Plus scale, I guess. So that's your position in the market, how much scale you've got mm. might drive costs. Yeah. Um, and then the value proposition. Okay. Right. And how might all this evolve? Is it, is it just the whole thing's growing like a weed? Um, or mm. I think I think in general, yeah, really, really positive growth for the market as a whole. But I think we, we are seeing some increased competition from retailers. So okay. Waitrose now have a product like this. Um, and we wonder if... Actually, other other retailers will get into it as well. Um, so we do worry about that um, that increased competition within the market. But other than that, I think I think we basically see a positive picture. 
Okay, so continued growth, but perhaps increased profitability. So one issue is, is this going to be... Decreased. De- sorry, decreased profitability. Yes, decreased profitability from increased competition. Right. Thank you for correcting me. Um, so that might be a bit of an issue. Okay, so we've got a bit of an analysis of the external environment, the internal situation, your mm-hmm. competitive position, what drives advantage, customer value proposition. Um and something about evolution that you know, there might be a threat of increased competition, but there's still presumably growth. Um, now, we need to kind of sit back and say, and this might be worth taking a deep breath, what's the primary issue? So I, let me give you some examples. A primary issue is a question, and it's the key question facing the business. So one could be, should we push more into premium? Hmm. Another could be, how do we uh, strengthen our position in um, the mass market and uh, beat HelloFresh? Yeah. But for the sake of this, you know, brief example, let's go with the idea that the primary issue is how do we enter the premium segments? And for listeners, what I'll point out is by doing that, we're really narrowing down the range of options we look at. We're not considering things like, should we be in this business at all? Should we sell out? And that's why this is a very important stage. Question four, what is the primary issue? Mm. But we'll go with that. So what do you see? And then question five is, what are the options? So um, what are the options to get into these premium segments? Well, I guess we could go into some of those premium segments or... Mm -hmm. Um, or all of them at the same yeah, time. Yeah. So we, we want to look at each individual one and think about yeah. uh, think about those separately. Um, and then once we've decided on one or a combination of them, maybe we could enter organically versus making an acquisition within that space. Yeah, okay. Okay, um, good. Well, I, I think that's given us a really... That will actually okay. be quite a rich set of options because there's a bunch of premium segments, I imagine, and you're saying we could... You know, the number of options is only limited by the number of premium segments. Yeah. Plus, you could go in organically or you could go in in a bigger style mm. of acquisition. Fine, that's great. So the sixth question, the last question is, which is the best option? Now, how would you think you would want to evaluate all that range of options to decide which ones are the best ones? Well, I think the size, growth, profitability is something that's important to us. So we'd look at something like the bespoke vegan meal kit market and say that's a really fast-growing segment. And by the way, Um, I would call that a type of criteria. So so the, the key thing in this to answer question six is what are the criteria you're going to use? And typically I see three types of criteria. And what you've described is strategic criteria, like it's a big market, it's a growing market, it's a profitable market. What other criteria might you use? Well, I guess there's a question of just the barriers to entering it. So how much would we have to pay in, I don't know, new customer acquisition or how yeah. much would we have to pay to get an influence on board? That's something we think yeah, about Yeah, well. I would call that probably feasibility criteria and that maybe something strategically attractive, but it's just out of our budget range for the moment. Mm. So it's not feasible, even though strategically it might make sense. Um, so, okay, so that's the second type of criteria. Strategic, feasibility, and um, <laughs> any others that you can think of that you would add? I can't think, actually. Okay, um, so it's a quite a simple one. It's financial criteria. Okay. So we might want to look at a return on our investment which might be called the internal rate of return mm. or a net present value. These are financial concepts we'll come back to later. But my point here is, um, you know, sixth question is what is the best option? And for that, we need to design a set of criteria, which are typically a combination of strategic feasibility and financial. 
And hey, presto. Yeah. What well, do we look... think the answer's going to be when we grind all that out? I don't know. I mean, we're going to have to crunch some numbers. But yeah, um, like, yeah we'll, we'll come out with, I guess, what we're after, which is what we do next. Absolutely. So so I hope we, in this whistle-stop tour, we have covered all the six questions and, and, and shown that you can have a conversation which is going to lead you through to potentially an answer to your strategy just by applying the six questions. The thing is, we've left a lot of things kind of skimmed over. And so what we're going to do in the subsequent episodes is say, well, supposing you need to spend a bit more time on any one of these six questions, what tools and techniques might there be um, to do that? Great. Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully that was helpful for our listeners. Um, and do tune in next week for yep. episode two of the podcast and let us know what you think of gusto if you've ever tried it <laughs> <laughs> sounds good um all right thanks very much thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed the podcast please please remember to rate us as it really helps us out and also check out our facebook page or website at www.developingstrategy.com where you can ask questions learn more and find all the episodes in this series